Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a plan. It's real. Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. Hey, welcome to another episode of, sorry, Issue. Issue. We have issues. Lots and lots. We got issues here. Of Mighty Marvel Geeks. As you have heard, those are the voices of my compatriots, cohorts, co-hosts, cohorts, and any other name you want to give us. It is us, the intrepid trio. Within reason. Within reason. Just don't give us the name late to dinner because, yeah, that doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> it is the intrepid trio. Kylan, Eric, and myself, Mike, and, you know, I'm going to say three-time award-nominated Mighty Marvel Geeks. Third there time's a charm. We've been nominated twice, made the finals twice with the podcast awards, and a couple of weeks ago, we got nominated for the West Coast Film Festival, who actually started a podcasting track this year. Oh, well, so, wow. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Thank you. No, it's it's kind of awesome because, you know, apparently they, they, I guess they don't think that we talk too much or that we're just like some other talk show, right? Well, we do talk. I like to think of ourselves as a tangent show. Yes. Oh. Uh, we, we're just specifically Marvel in our tangents. You heartbreak Mostly. Hey, <laughs> 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 I'm talking here. <laughs> Could be worse. We could be playing bad polka music. <laughs> is that is that such thing as bad polka music? Uh, you have not seen me play polka music. That is the only reason that you asked that question. Uh, you know, and I'm a fan of polka. That's the thing. So you know. Well, you you live in the area that's considered home of polka for the U.S. Yeah. That. Oh, you know what? That's right. That's true. I mean, Actually, with, with the, the universe. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, when you had the Yankovic family, and we're not talking Al Yankovic, we're talking another Yankovic. Was it Arnold Yankovic? I think that's one of them, yeah. I think it's Arnold, yeah. Well, I mean, the the University of Akron on Saturday mornings has a polka show. And so when I, in my last job, when I would work on Saturday mornings, me and one of my coworkers would put on polka, and that's what we would listen to all day. So, but it's not the same without the smell of sauerkraut. It really isn't. And I will say that or from, kielbasa. 
I will say that for experience, from experience, for experience. <laughs> I, I will, I will second that. So, but tell you something that's almost as sour as sauerkraut. Uh, that's some words that kind of came up today. Okay, really? may, maybe they're not sour. Uh, they're not sour for me. Uh, they, I'm sure they're sour for somebody, but. Okay, this uh, the story kind of broke. Uh, it, it got hot today. Uh, today, it being Thursday, that we're recording this, and uh, I'm reading from an article on Cinema Blend where they're referring to uh, Bob Iger being asked about uh, 20th Century Fox's superhero properties, and uh, would they be combining with the MCU once this whole acquisition is is said and done. And Iger said, quote, I think it only makes sense. I want to be careful here because of what's been communicated to the Fox folks, but I think they know. It only makes sense for Marvel to be supervised by one entity. There shouldn't be two Marvels. Hmm. So basically, they are, they, I say they, but it's Bob Iger is essentially confirming what we have assumed here ever since we first got wind of the Fox acquisition. Well, even all of the Fox stuff. Even when there was a rumor of a Fox acquisition. It would be Fox's movie properties being absorbed into the MCU. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. I agree with it. Him. Really it really makes sense. I, I mean, there's why uh, why have two marbles? There there's so many stories out there. Uh, uh, and like we were talking about before the show, you have House of M. You have uh, Avengers versus X Men. Uh, yeah. You have you, you have the actual Civil War, Secret Wars. Yeah. I mean, all, all it's not just. I'm sure there are some stories out there that are that are X Men specific or Avengers specific or you know Guardian specific stories. But a lot of these stories involve characters from all across the Marvel universe. Yeah. And and you know what? uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, and I mentioned at least within the last couple months, don't be surprised once the deal's done, the big crossover movie is House of M. Yeah. Now, there is also something that uh, happened back in 93. Uh, uh, You can't really call it a a crossover event, but it was. Right. It was called the Acts of Vengeance. (gasps) I remember that. Basically, you had Loki going around to all of these villains and say, stir things up. You know, you keep getting beat by your nemesis because your nemesis knows you. Mm-hmm. you you're familiar with each other. So go, go, go. Go beat up on somebody that you don't know and who doesn't know you. And this 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 whole idea was just so typically Loki. Yes. Because it just it's just mischief. Right. So you had Thor facing the juggernaut. I remember Quasar taking on the absorbing man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, met up with well, the Guardians of the Galaxy also met up with uh, Absorbing Man. But the the one that I also remember the, probably the most uh, vividly was Iron Man facing down Doctor Doom. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna and that is gonna come back. Just keep that in mind. That is gonna come back to mind later on in the show. But that's all I'm gonna say about that at the moment. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it just makes total sense for the Fox stuff to be part of the MCU now, to be absorbed in the MCU, be 
managed by the MCU. And because, let's face it, what have they done wrong? I, I'm sure there are people out there listening to this who who want to nitpick and say, well, they, well, they got this wrong, they got this wrong. I'm talking about from a norm, from a movie franchise perspective. It is probably outside of actually. It is the most. I would say for outside of Bond, it is the most successful movie franchise. If you look at the number of movies within that universe, it beats Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to. It, I, it they don't have the same generational impact. It's not the same no. watershed moment as the no. original trilogy was. But I think if you look back. Over over the past 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we're talking about, we're, we're talking 10 years and what, 20 movies now? Uh, is it that high? I thought it was less. It, 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 no, it's, ni- it's 19 or 20 because you have... 18, but you're very close. It, it's eight, yeah, so we're talking 18 movies over a 10-year period and every one of them was successful yeah not all not all necessarily blockbusters but they were all successful okay well it's i'm pulling up uh wikipedia list of marvel cinematic universe films and they never mind i thought it said it all i misread it uh so one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen 19, 20 films through this year. So 20 films through this year. Even though they've been doing for a while, well, started in 2008 and then it picked up in 2010. The This is averaging almost two films a year, even though we were getting at one point three films a year. Yeah. Or at least here lately. Uh, 2008, we had two films. 2010, we had one film. 2011, two films. 12, one uh, 13, 2, 14, 2, 15, 2, really? 16, 2, 17, 3, 18, 3. And we're scheduled 3 next year. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, oh, yeah, that's right, because it's Captain Marvel, Avengers, and Spider-Man, right? Yep. Okay. So, um, I don't know. I mean, with what Iger saying, I mean, we have talked about it. Yes, needs to be there. Yeah. Just point blank needs to be there. Mm-hmm. We have said it when Marvel comes in or X-Men and, and Fantastic Four come back from Fox under Marvel control. Cool. As far as I'm concerned, let X-Men and Fantastic Four still be distributed by Fox. Do we really need yeah. to pull it completely out of Fox's hands? Fantastic Four. Yes. Well, no, everything's still going to be done by Marvel Studios. Ah, OK. I see what you're saying. Distribution. But distributed. By Fox. Distribution is still by Fox. I'm fine with that. And and Fox shouldn't because they're now under or will be soon under Marvel control. Right. But, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, let it go. So. I mean, all. I mean, everybody's getting money from the. They're all getting money from the same stream. Yep. You know, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's already been used to Fox getting. And believe me, Fox is going to need that money after. Uh, Avatar is going to bomb. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, it's going to bomb. Which, yeah, cool, the the park edition is, is awesome and great, but it, it's 
The movie we should already be on on the third film at this point in time. Should. And the second film's already been pushed back. What six times? Five, six times? No, not, not until twenty twenty. But a film that's not being pushed back, and a film that we saw a great trailer for this week, Captain Marvel. Oh yeah. my gosh. I just want to know that opening sequence. Is that a, a subliminal message that, th- <laughs> that this is going to be a blockbuster? I don't know, but for some reason, I now have this craving for dill pickles and guacamole. <laughs> there's got to be a. Story. I don't know. Okay, there's got to be a story there with blockbuster video dill pickles and guacamole. I don't know. Okay. Well, you- <laughs> I, you know, when that happened, I was like, blockbuster. Oh my God, I forgot it's the 90s. <laughs> oh, it's the 80s. This is taking place in the 80s, isn't it? It's the eight. I thought it was 90s. I thought it was 90s too, dude. All right. I am blockbuster lost. was around in the 90s, though. I know. Yeah. Because yeah. I gave him a lot of my money. Yeah. Um, anyway. I would say probably 90s. I would say 90s, probably late 80s, early 90s. Mm hmm. Um, no, hang on, hang on. According to an article on gizmodo.com, io9, uh, it is supposedly set in the 90s. Yeah, well, it starts off, the, this trailer starts off where we see Carol Danvers being plummet, or is, she's plummeting to Earth from an exploding escape pod. Um, Not my car. So, I didn't do it. Um, and then all of a sudden she plummets through a roof, not the pod, but her. And let's go uh, with she's mostly fine afterwards. Uh, the camera pans down to reveal that Carol has landed body first into blockbuster video. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what's blockbuster video? Well, kids, youngins. This it's is- like an offline Netflix. Yeah, or or GameFly, where you could go rent copies of your own film of the films and video games that you wanted to play. So, uh, but this this is a reminder that Carol isn't landing on a mar- modern post Thanos Earth. This is set in the nineties. So, so since this is coming out in twenty nineteen, let's say. 93, 94. Yep. Because Blockbuster Video changed to Blockbuster Entertainment or something uh, well, at some point during the night. I can't, I don't remember the exact timeline, but it was before. They At one point, they dropped video because they were trying to branch out into other stuff, trying to save their skin. Right. Right. So let's let's consider ninety four. So that's good twenty five years ago. Yep. Quarter century. Oh, wow. A large segment of the people who will see this movie were not born. Right. At now, that point. We we hear a young Nick Fury say war is a universal language. Um and as he's saying this, we're seeing a beleaguered Carol escaping Blockbuster. She heads to a Los Angeles subway station. Uh, he continues, I know a, ren- a renegade soldier when I see one. Never occurred to me that one might come from above. If Blockbuster wasn't enough, there's another indication that this is set in the past because we see a younger S.H.I.E.L.D. employee um, with Fury, or as a younger S.H.I.E.L.D. employee, Fury is so unaware of the idea of space aliens, super-powered people flying around, um, it just flabbergasts him. You also notice- And we know what that happened, according to what he said in the first Avengers movie. 
Thor. People said, you know, what, you know, somebody said, well, what happened? You know, what? And he points to Thor and said, ye happened. Yeah. Yeah. So it was Thor coming to Earth that what basically sold Fury on the fact that, hey, we are not alone. Right. Yeah. But we come to find out in the long run, he experienced this once before with, with Carol. Yeah. So uh, you also notice Carol is wearing a different colored version of her suit. Um, yeah, although yeah, the green coloration is a hint to the comic book origins of Carol's powers. It's also symbolic of the Kree race, um, a species we've seen both in Guardians and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, uh, with this, it's intimately tied with her origin in the comics. Now, Carol, right. and then we get to... For those of you who don't know, for those of you who don't know... Tahiti. It's magical. Well, yeah. It's a magical place. <laughs> yeah. But the, the short answer is it was a Kree artifact that gave her her powers. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, uh, the next trailer, or next next trailer, next part of the trailer we see is Carol and another figure, uh, presumably it's Fury, uh, checking out a suitably secretive looking installation. Now, check out the headgear she's wearing. Uh, chances are this is a facility for S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's the older S.H.I.E.L.D. logo. It's a ball cap with the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo on it in case you haven't seen it. By the way, we're reading off of an article from io 9 gizmodo.com so yeah um i will say if you want that hat you can get a black version of that hat through superhero stuff just click on their on their picture on mighty marvel geeks.net um to get to their site and then go shield or go marvel hats and you'll find the black version of that hat now now i want a gray version of that hat that would good. be nice. I, I, I would love I to see a great version. I never was a big fan of that eagle, though. I never was. I wasn't either, but now that we're seeing that hat in the movie, now I'm okay wanting to get that hat. Well, I, I have a belt buckle with that eagle on it, and it's okay. Yeah, I don't know. And, I, and I, I'm okay with it only for nostalgia's sake, but I feel like that the modern eagle with the that's more linear, I, I that just looks better to me. See, now, yeah. now, now I want to cosplay you know, with that hat, a Hawaiian shirt, and some khaki shorts and sandals, <laughs> wearing, wearing the the uh, ID tag or that, that badge that uh, Patton Oswalt gives everyone. You're going to need a lanyard. The lanyard. Thank you. Yes, yes, the and, lanyard. Yeah. And, and that's my shield cosplay. <laughs> well, who are you? I'm a shield agent on Tahiti. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so anyhow, uh, now this is a facility that has yet to be exposed as infested with Hydra agents, since that takes place further down in the timeline. Um, yeah. As the narration continues, we see a brief look at the first major threat in the movie, as Fury and another agent, who we'll get to meet a bit later, watch a doctor perform an autopsy on a scroll. The scrolls are shape are a shape shifting race of aliens who have long history of battling Kree in the comics. Uh, and it's also, they're also known for the infamous secret invasion event. Could that be part of Avengers 4? Uh, dude, if that happens, I would, I would put that off to Avengers 5. Okay. See, I'm almost I, thinking, just simply, uh, so you think Avengers the, 5 will lead into House of M same year? I don't see secret invasion as part of the resolution to the Infinity War. Okay. No, no. I just don't. Uh, no. Secret invasions where they infiltrated the ranks of Earth's Mightiest Heroes uh, to wreak havoc on the planet before the invasion. Now, mm-hmm. space invasion, Fury begins uh, rallying off a list of events that presumably are sparked by Carol smashing Orion 
arrival on Earth uh, seems to imply that the sh- that the ship uncloaking above Earth is Cree. Uh, maybe even the ship Carol arrived on. Uh, but the dialogue would continue to refer to the scrolls making their arrival on Earth. Then we get and here's a, a, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to interrupt at some point. Now the article that he's reading from has these animated images. And there is a, there is an image of a ship decloaking. But what we're what the article does not mention is the aircraft that's already in the scene when the ship decloaks. Right. And it looks like the bus from Agents of Shield. Yeah, it does a little bit. It does. It looks a little bit like that. And what did they say? In the early part of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that aircraft like the bus had been around for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's a thought. What if that really is the bus? It's all connected. Oh. It's all connected. I'm just, you've got Coulson, you've got Fury. Why can't you have the bus? If that's the case, why couldn't we have Ming-Na win? Agent May. Uh, she was, I don't think she was in S.H.I.E.L.D. at that point, was she? Uh, I, no, because remember, she was, wasn't she married for a while before she got in? Or I'm fuzzy on that whole thing. I mean, well, I, you know, she doesn't really give give a whole lot. All, well, no, the, all we know is that her. No, what? Well, the impression is she and Coulson have been in together for quite some time. Right. But this was like 20-something years ago. Still, that, say still this, that possibility. It's possible, yes. But I mean, neither one of them are spring chickens, even though they fight no, like it. No, it makes me want to go back and watch season one just to see how familiar is Coulson with the bus. He's very familiar. And, and so is May. Right. So, um not the bus i mean it probably isn't but wouldn't it be cool if it was i i hope i totally agree it'd be great if it is uh now we have a big car chase as we get um as well uh seems like fury is chasing carol who's chasing someone else on the train um but we also get a brief glimpse of her powers in action uh yeah, and of course, her powers are based around energy absorption and photonic blasts that she shoots out of her hands. Now, Fury ponders about how he will almost, uh, he was considering leaving S.H.I.E.L.D. before Carol show, showed up. So we finally get to see him as he corners Carol, um, presumably post-chase. And yes, the uh, the de-aging tech is pretty pretty good and kind of petrifying. I mean, yeah, but like, you know what? He, he does look like he's a lot younger. He does. But honestly, after what they did to Kurt Russell in Guardians <laughs> yeah. of the Galaxy Volume 2, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, since the two have met, it, it, it does kind of get that cutesy moment. Um, but in fact, Carol, well, she fell from the sky, a thing that female superheroes um, haven't been doing lately. Um, but by the time we learn about Captain Marvel's new origins. Um, we know they're getting updated for this film. Uh, we know that part of part of that involves her being more heavily involved with the Kree side of her powers. Uh, then we cut to an alien world called Hala, the home planet of the Kree. She ain't no Hala back girl. <laughs> oh. I've been waiting all show to do that. <laughs> no doubt. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> you've really? been on the you've been on the show how long? You didn't see that one coming? I I uh, I just I don't know. I, but I, yeah, Kylan, I think you're living in a tragic kingdom. I guess I just won't speak then. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> But we also right, so we were we were talking about Hala, the home planet of the Cree, and it looks like 
she's Carol's it's her home here. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then she says, I keep having these memories. I see flashes uh, as we all get a uh, flashback to Carol as an Air Force pilot. Uh, in the comics, she always had a history with the Air Force, but piloting, but her piloting background draws heavy from uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick's run back in 2012. Um, and I, because of because of that 2012 run, this is where the movie draws a lot of uh, from the portrayal of the character. Uh, we also see her fellow pilot, Maria Photon Rambo, played by Lashana Lynch. That surname and code name will have a long time will have longtime fans talking as uh, Maria has been described as a single mother in the film, presumably to Monica Rambo, a hero in the Ooh. comics who's gone by many, many names over the years, including Photon and and was and? actually the first female Captain Marvel. Yep. Decades before Carol took the mantle. So while Photon was the first Captain Marvel, what about Carol? Well, she was Miss Marvel at the time, if I remember right mm-hmm. she she's gone by several names like she was uh warbird ms marvel binary yeah uh there were some others in there as well now yeah. um given the period for the setting of the film this likely means there won't be a carol monica team up in captain marvel but once we fast forward to the present who knows uh That's true. we also get to see some of Mil- carol's military training cut with a few shots of her childhood as her new origins are revealed, uh, Carol's life, Carol's been getting flashes of life she can't remember because she's seemingly being mentally controlled to think she's part of a Cree society. But moments later, as Carol in her jumpsuit is knocked back to by an unknown assailant, her hand starts to glow with cosmic energies. Um, how Carol originally got her powers involved in an accident with a Cree device called the Psych Magnetron, uh, merging the DNA of a Cree warrior called Marvell uh, with her own. But there could be a similar accident that leads Carol to being sent off to decree for for further training now training with another side order of brain tampering uh as we smash to a cut of an upside down carol who's being mentally probed on holla see it's not there are other forms of probing out there oh my god it's okay okay i'm just gonna pretend that you never said that and we're just gonna I, keep going yeah i did not hear that well at the, all. The, I did. The, there's there's the stories of the aliens going through the nose to probe right Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. we'll just leave it oh at that. God. We'll keep it at that. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. You have an article to read verbatim. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fury describes her a little bit as a, a renegade soldier uh, earlier in the trailer. Now we see Carol fleeing Holla to try and find out what her allies have been hiding from her. Um and then we, it cuts to a scene where we see Carol flanked by two Cree warriors. Um, the blue Cree. They are blue Cree. Uh, we see Atlas on the left and Minerva on the right. Uh, these two are members of a Cree superhero team uh, known as Star Force and have a long and weird history in the comics. Um, now, Star Force features some interesting characters, including Bron Char, um, and returning Galax- Guardians of the Galaxy characters, Ronan and Korath. Uh, Ronan the Accuser and Korath the Pursuer. Uh, but they're... I, I like the fact they've got the original actors back for these roles. Yeah. Yes. Now, yes. Um, then all of a sudden, we're seeing... Uh, Jude Law appear. It's heavily been speculated 
that he's actually playing Marvell, whose DNA gets mixed in with, with Carol's. Uh, Law has danced around the speculation for now, and the trailer doesn't give us any more clues towards this. Uh, then we see a montage of shots showing Carol growing up um, with some sort, with the final shot being her in some sort of advanced fight. Uh, flight craft, um, which looks to be when she's still a pilot rather than after. So what if the shot of the decloaking ship is from earlier, which included some kind of earthcraft that could be this one? So was she potentially the pilot for the bus? That would make a lot of sense. So Carol Danvers was a colonel in the U.S. Air Force. Yep. Was she not? She was. If you, okay, all right. If you have a bus-like craft that is going off on a mission to the edge of space and probably beyond, you'd want somebody who was pretty darn competent yeah. piloting the bus. And if you were to, I would say she qualifies. And if you were to listen to my dad, he would tell you, the Air Force has been running their own space program without NASA <laughs> for years. I, I would not dare to argue that. So uh, the scrolls are all over this trailer. At some point, they're actually hard to spot. Um, I think one of the best ones is uh, it's Talos. When we see Talos being played by Ben Mendelsohn. And uh, actually, he was born without the ability to shapeshift. So we have another actor who's gone from Star Wars into the Marvel. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so then after, so after seeing the shot of him and some other scrolls coming onto the beach, it cuts to a shot back on the train where, um, scrolls could turn into anyone. So carelessly, so Carol isn't just recklessly beating up on an elderly person. Uh, we are to assume she is beating up on a scroll shapeshifter. Yeah. And this, this little cut scene is where she walks up in front of an old lady on the train. The old lady looks up and smiles at her, and yeah. Carol just like just clocks her upside the jaw with the right cross. Yeah. Um, now speaking of scrolls, uh, never mind. I just read paraphrase that yeah. one. Uh, after yeah. this, the shot of that, uh, we get a shot of an explosive space battle where we get two shots of some other returning characters. Uh, of course, the um, Ronin. And then we're also seeing um, uh, a decloaking ship from presumably the one from earlier, confirming that it is Korean origin. Um, and then we see Fury's shield partner, a young Phil Coulson, which the digital de-aging on him is quite scary as well. Yeah. Um, he was yes. always he was always alive at this point in the Marvel timeline. Um, and but yes, the son of Cole is in Captain Marvel. And it's the early days. Now, we have no idea what threats are out there. We can't do this alone, is what we hear next from Fury. As he sends a message on his beeper, or pager, yes, kids, this is how we got text messages before the, our cell phones were capable of doing such. <laughs> Dang, you're actually right. I never thought <laughs> of it that right. way. Yeah, jeez. I had one for work. <laughs> um... Actually, I had a couple because of work. Um, so they were great tax write-offs for me. But um, So presumably the same beeper he taps out the final message at the end of Infinity War is what he uses here to send the text with Target. So um, this I did not know. But apparently after that, we cut to a shot of Carol and the rest of Star Force on an underwater mission. Um, at first, I thought she was in space, but now seeing this little gif play over and over, I'm seeing the bubbles from where they're underwater. Yeah. 
Um, and which of course, is cool. And then on top of that, we see the battle mask, which was has been affectionately known as the faux hawk um, for Carol. And the cool thing is they did sort of like the distinguished competition did with Ben Affleck's Batman, the light up white eyes like you like we would get in the comics. OK, here's a thought. I like that. I did, too. And it's got like the little the little miniature force field over her nose and mouth. Yep. And considering as this is an underwater shot, again, I'm going to try to link all this stuff in. And until this comes along and proves me wrong, I'm not wrong. What if this was on the same planet where we first meet Star-Lord? Ooh. Think about that. The reason that Star-Lord is there is like it was like a planetary flood. And the floodwaters yeah. finally receded, and they haven't finished receding. So there's still a lot of water there, uh, still a lot of right, right. Uh, uh, still a lot of like seagoing creatures in there. Right now, so from here we we go back to a flashback to when Carol gets her powers. Um, then we flash forward again to another great shot of Carol's mask, uh, minus the the breathe, holographic breathing apparatus. Um, and then this is probably one of the best cuts of the trailer. It's, it's a huge montage of, um, of of Carol growing up through the years, leading up to a clenched fist, but we don't know who she's getting ready to hit. Um, there's basically a black version of the Kree armor and Carol's suit, uh, but whoever's wearing it is not Kree blue. Uh, seems like the only person we could speculate would be it's Jude Law's character. Does he turn on Carol when she decides to fight? Uh, we don't know yet. Uh, after Carol tells someone off uh, off camera that she's not uh, that she's not what you think I am, with a, a young girl barely seen in the frame present, this could be Monica Rambo, Maria's daughter. True. The trailer ends with the with the with the great shot of the mighty Captain Marvel, brimming full of energy in the suit we know her for. And I'm so glad they kept this one very. Very close to the look in the comics. Mm. Yes, they gave it that MCU feel. Yeah. Sort of like they right. did with Cap. Yeah. But it's it's almost true to what we expect from the comics. I mean, it, yeah, it very much looks and feels like it's something that came out of her comic book. I mean, it's not it's not spandexy. No, like a lot of these things, it, it does feel like it is real material. It looks like there's a lot of leather, um, right. a lot of composites in there. Yeah, hmm. but yeah. I, I mean, it is very true to the spirit. Now, my speculation with the movie, I would not be surprised if we see Ant Man at the end of the film or in one of the end credit scenes. Post talking time traveling back through the subatomic to meet with Captain Marvel. I'd like to see a youngerized Hank Pym. Yes. That's a possibility too. Yeah. I mean if you're gonna go full retro look, let let's 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 pull them in. Yeah. So So um I guess let's continue yeah, and, on a little bit more about Captain Marvel, since we're okay. speculating now with Affinity War a little bit, too. <laughs> we're speaking of Affinity War, and that, that basically there's callbacks to Affinity War with the pager and, and all that. Well, during an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Kevin Feige was uh, was asked you know, why he called, you know, why he used his last breath or his last 
uh, last moments before dusting to uh, to page her. And uh, Feige says, quote, she is more powerful than any character we've introduced thus far. Think about this. They have introduced Thor. They have introduced Thanos. They have introduced Ego. They have introduced the glowing energy Star-Lord. But she is more powerful than any character they've introduced thus far. So that alone tells you that there's a reason Nick hit that button at the end of Infinity War when he realized they were up against something far bigger than they had ever been up before. And having her on your side is definitely going to change the balance of power in a way they desperately need. So again, that so also that article, the, the article that we're reading from is from ScreenCrush.com. And actually, that this is not the, the only time I've heard this question. I have asked this question myself. If Nick Fury had the space pager all along, why didn't he call in Captain Marvel when the Chitauri invaded? He was too or what bu- about when the Avengers started beating each other up in Age of Ultron? Because he was too busy using it to order pizza. So it, it's kind of like question, where has she been? And why hasn't Fury pulled the trigger on her until now? I, I think he wait he wanted to wait until things could absolutely, absolutely get no, there was no way things could get better at all. Because it feels like she's the nuclear option. Yeah, it really does. The, mm. oh crap, there's nowhere else to turn? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, she is the 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 one of last resort. I still say he he was ordering pizza. <laughs> he or, might have or shawarma. Uh, shawarma. I don't think they I don't think they deliver pizza from all the way in Antares Five. <laughs> what about from nowhere? <laughs> they only serve brain food. There you go. Well, the pizza's got to come from somewhere. There you go. <laughs> Anyway, um, and it seems interesting, it, you know, being being used as that um, that final ultimatum, final final solution. Yeah, pretty much. I so, mean, this is this is what you this is the person you call when you can't call anybody else. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. it's it makes things quite interesting. Uh, so it, now we get to see her. Hopefully the end credit scenes will help explain why she comes forward into the future. If we don't get that in this film, sort of Captain America, first Avenger esque. True. And you know, I, I see a lot of parallels between those two and not mm-hmm. just in the title no. and not just kind of in the blue and red uniform. Yeah. They are super soldiers yeah. created for a war. Right. Because oh. a lot of Captain Marvel story takes pl- is inspired by the Kree scroll war. With mm-hmm. military experience, yes, even though hers more more solid than his. Well, going before yeah. before becoming the character, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I really think that what Captain America, the first Captain America movie, did for the Phase One MCU. I mean, it was not the first of the phase. Right. That, of course, being Iron Man, but it was truly the the heart and soul cornerstone of the of the first phase i think this is going to be a similar cornerstone for the next two or three phases of the mcu yeah i agree um the, you know the thing is like marvel has been the well, at least the people associated with the movie have been saying that they do things with this movie and it goes places that will blow Black Panther out of the water. And, you know, I say that's very big talk, but Marvel has not not delivered. And and Marvel hadn't said this stuff lightly. 
No, no, it hasn't. I think she, I think you're going to see Brie Larson be the next Chris Evans. I agree. I think she's going to be it, just like Chris Evans. Captain America was the the cornerstone of the first two phases of the MCU. You're going to see Captain Marvel be the same. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Mm. So quite a bit with movies there. Uh, with the trailer, there was a lot of discussion. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And you, and you know, I feel bad because I had this. Gr- I can't even find it now. I had this great little soundbite that I was going to use for for us to talk about the trailers, mm. and I don't see it anymore. Oh well. Uh-huh. Next next time. So, um, but I mean, we did get some some teases from both Netflix and Disney Play. Uh, yeah, we did. Um, well, we have a. Uh... Expected news, bad news, and and sort of bad news from Netflix and surprising news for uh, Disney Play. Uh, So I'll just touch on this quickly. We got confirmation that uh, we are not getting a second season of Defenders. Um, the big question mark is, we was there any real intention of a second season? We don't know. Um, but we know for sure, uh, based on the fact that uh, that Twitter on, on the Twitter feed for the Defenders, it got changed to a um, to uh, a Netflix um, geek uh, property. Yeah. Uh, site. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if that's going to end up being like a new category or a new almost a new spinoff of Netflix within Netflix it, within Netflix maybe yeah so you know, apparently this is going to uh, cover their sci-fi fantasy and superheroes uh, themed properties so so goodbye Defenders but um, we did also get a second teaser trailer of Daredevil. I strongly suggest you watch it. There's uh, interesting tidbits in it um, that gives you an idea of what to expect for this third season of the series. And check out the poster. Really awesome. But to blow our minds, and this is from an article on Variety.com. This is not heroic Hollywood. This is not not heroic Hollywood. This is no. freaking variety. This yeah. is this is the real the real deal. Okay, it, it, Loki. It, it, it's it's not like all the uh, like the rumor mills. So, uh, Loki and Scarlet Witch are getting their own, and other Marvel heroes are getting their own TV series on the Disney streaming service. And uh, unlike our unlike our distinguished competition, uh, it looks like that we are definitely getting the Loki, the Scarlet Witch, and whichever other characters are going to be included, we are getting. If they are MCU versions of these characters, we're getting those versions in the streaming service. Um, and as I'm uh, re- as I'm uh, just kind of looking through the story here, uh, so th- it looks like that these would be characters who are either uh, Avengers or Avengers adjacent. You know, 
but it the series these series are likely going to include um uh one that's being centered on Loki and Scarlet Witch and like I said other heroes we don't know who there will be at that time at this time Marvel and Disney had no comment okay uh and then like I said it looks like and these these are series that will have Tom Hiddleston as Loki Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch um, we can expect some big budgets from these series, and each series is expected to go six to eight episodes. Um, so, and it looks like uh, Kevin Feige is going to have a very hands-on presence uh, with these uh, with these series. Uh, so, yeah, we are talking about this being a very pricey endeavor, you know. Uh, especially yeah, if we're but talking about bringing in those characters, uh, the actors who have portrayed these characters in the MCU. This is Disney hedging its bet. Yes, with the streaming service because they know, maybe not so much with Scarlet Witch, but they know a Loki series. People are going to yeah. be falling over each other trying to subscribe to it. But you know, yeah. if you're going to give John Favreau fava beans. Ten million an episode. I mean, John Favreau. Sorry, mm-hmm. if you're if you're gonna give him ten million an episode for his ten episode run for his untitled Star Wars series, a hundred million dollars. You know they're gonna give a Loki and Scarlet Witch series the same type of money. Which you know, and it, and it kind of makes you think. Well, you know, were they are they willing to sacrifice? defenders so they can throw that money towards the streaming service. Yeah. I almost guarantee that's what they're doing. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, that's, I'm, I feel like that's a fair move. I enjoyed defenders. I would love a second season of defenders, but if, uh, if I'm getting longevity from the established Netflix series, along with more uh, series along with the streaming service, because, yeah, I'm probably going to be that guy, then I'm completely fine with it. Now, here, here's my other thing. If Marvel Studios is taking over the shows for Disney Play, mm-hmm. why can't they just go ahead and take over all live-action Marvel productions, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like Most Wanted, like Peggy Carter, or Agent Carter, whatever, and leave Marvel Entertainment with the comics and the animated products. I don't know. I mean, it's... I don't know. It, it, you know, that that's something that seems like it'd be a wise move. It makes perfect sense to me, but I'm not sitting on a board, so, you know. Yeah, but to me, that would be the way to go. It would be. I, I agree with you. Agree. So, well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Disney Play comes to fruition uh, next year. But coming to fruition next week for September 28th. Wait, is that right? Yes. Yeah, we're September in a month, sir. September 26th. I'm yeah, sorry. September 26th. Yeah. It, it's New Comic Book Wednesday, September 26th, New Comic Book Day. Uh, we've got our picks for the week. And Eric, why don't you start us off? I knew you were going to say that because I hadn't got mine pulled up yet. Okay. <laughs> My first pick of the week is a number nine. It is Old Man Hawkeye, number nine of 12 by Ethan Sachs, Marco Tichetto, and Ethan Okay. Uh, finally, <laughs> no, no, it's just uh, my, my screen just said Ethan. Huh? <laughs> so there you go. Uh, so we know it's Ethan Sachs and uh, Marco Tichetto. Finally, the moment you've been waiting for, Bullseye versus Hawkeye. 
But with Hawkeye's deteriorated sight, what chance does he have against the marksman who never misses? And will he be able to bury the hatchet with Songbird long enough to learn the truth about her betrayal? Don't miss this critical juncture in the old man Hawkeye saga. Okay. Tyler, why don't you uh, hit us up next with your first pick of the week? My first pick of the week is uh, part of my latest obsession. Um, it is uh, from the True Believers line uh, for the 20th anniversary of Marvel Knights. This one is Black Widow number one, and it's a reprint of Black Widow number one from 1999. Okay. That's it. <laughs> okay. Well, my first pick of the week, and I love the cover on this, uh, is Spider Geddon number zero. Uh, Spider Geddon is here. End of all the spiders doesn't in- exclude the star of the most anticipated video game of 2018. Marvel Spider-Man is out uh, exclusively on PlayStation 4, but he makes his comic Marvel Comics debut on September 26th. How does he enter the Marvel-verse, and what role does he play in the final chapter of Spider-Verse? So they're now bringing him into the comics, and I will say... I don't remember where I saw it, but somebody out there is making the a uh, hoodie with the white spider logo on it. And it yeah, looks I've seen it. Fabulous. Yes, I've seen it. It looks so good. So, uh, Eric, we're back to you for second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is Marvel Two in One Number Ten by Chip Zdarsky. and repeat offender guest on the show Ramon Perez. And Gerardo Zafina. Uh, Next of Kin concludes here. Ben and Johnny's final stand to reclaim the name Fantastic Four. Okay. So, Kylan, back to you for second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is another True Believers uh, Marvel Knights 20th anniversary uh, pick. It is the first appearance of Hellcat, which is, uh, this is a reprint of Avengers number 144. So Palin's got the interns falling down on the job. (laughs) Although I will will say this, because it's interesting, I I happened to, I just happened to, to, I believe yesterday, uh, I was reading the bio for Hellcat in the, I believe it might have been the 1989 edition of the Marvel uh, Marvel Universe um, updates, you know, because they would do periodic updates on the characters. Right. And so one of the things that I didn't realize this was that in the comics, um, Patsy Walker's dad, I guess, uh, was a comic book artist. And so she had always idolized comics or, or, or superheroes. So she ends up running into Beast. Now, I think this may be the one. She runs into Beast and she helps Beast out with something and she makes Beast promise to train her to be a superhero. And so this may be the issue that that happens in, considering this is during the time that Beast is a is a is an Avenger. So this would be what Beauty and the Beast? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. know, it is a tale as old as time. <laughs> 
Or maybe not. Well, my second pick of the week is Star Wars Dr. Aphra number 24, as by Jody Hauser, Kev Walker, and Ashley Witter. Uh, out of the frying pan and into the heat, death of a planet-killing meteor strike. Swindling, backstabbing, and even occasionally feeling bad about it, all of Dr. Aphra's attempts to escape from her prison world have failed. But wait, here comes an Imperial shuttle. Could this be life or could this be salvation life support breathing sounds hmm could that maybe of course i probably don't have that drop on here i don't so never mind if i could be that one too i don't know i don't know i got but i i don't want to go through oh first time i got lucky on that one so kylan (laughs) one or Kyle, Eric, why don't you bring us home with our final picks of the week? My final pick of the week is Spider-Man Deadpool number 39 by Robbie Thompson, Jim Toe, and Dave Johnson. When raising a child, you need to show them the world. What thoughtful parent wouldn't introduce that child to the most dangerous spot on the whole planet? Uh Uh-oh. Well, anyway, Spider-Man and Deadpool visit the Savage Land with the Master Matrix. Introducing the most powerful young robot in the world to the most volatile area couldn't go wrong, could it? I don't know. That sounds kind of savage. Uh, well, yeah. so, uh, Kylan, your final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is the third part of my trifecta of Marvel Comics 20th anniversary True Believers titles. This one is Luke Cage and the Fantastic Four. And this is a reprint of Fantastic Four number 168 and i will tell you if uh, memory serves me right luke hang uh luke uh joins up with the fantastic four because he did some work for uh dr doom and dr doom refused to pay him so luke teams up with the fantastic four i believe that that's what that is uh, at least part of what happens in this story. So, yeah, because, you know, he's a hero for hire. And you, would you be willing to say, well, you know, I'm not going to pay you? I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Well, my final pick of the week is a trade paperback. It's from Roger Stern and former guest Bob Hall. It's Avengers West Coast Epic Collection, How the West Was Won. Earth's mightiest heroes go west. When Vision creates a second squad, Hawkeye grabs the first Quinjet to California to lead the West Coast Avengers, including Mockingbird, Wonder Man, Tigra, and an Iron Man or two. Of course, this Iron Man is Rhodes. Yep. Um, how, but will the local vigilante, the Shroud, join the West Coasters? How about Firebird, Hank, Ant-Man, Pym, and the ever-loving blue-eyed Thing? The wackos quickly make their own enemies, including Blank, Graviton, Graviton Master Pandemonium, and a villainous Goliath. Plus, Craven the Hunter hunts or targets Tigra. Wonder Man battles Sandman and the Vision Scarlet Scarlet Witch lend a hand against the Grim Reaper and Ultron. Collecting West Coast Avengers one through four from nineteen eighty four. Iron Man Annual number seven. Avengers number number two fifty from the nineteen sixty three run. Uh, West Coast Avengers 1 through 7 from 1985, Vision and the Scarlet Witch 1 and 2 from 1985, and Wonder Man number 1 from 1986. Jeez. <laughs> and, yeah, I would love to get a hold of this book. So, uh, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. 
great time talking about the trailer. Uh, obviously, that was the big thing uh, with Marvel this week. Or the we still have an MU pick to do, a Marvel Unlimited pick. I apologize. We got our MU pick. Eric, that would be you. Thank you for catching okay. that. Okay. I, <laughs> I thought we already hit it. Nope. Uh, this uh, Marvel Unlimited pick this week is uh, I, it kind of ties into one of our earlier conversations when we were talking about Fox being you know, Fox being absorbed into the MCU, and we could do something neat like House of M or Acts of Vengeance. Well, this week's Marvel Unlimited pick takes up part in uh, it, it, it takes place in the Acts of Vengeance, rather. It's also been and brought it, to you by I, the letters M and U. Yeah. <laughs> this week's pick is Iron Man number 250. It's called Recurring Nightmare, uh, penciled by Bob Layton, inked by Bob Layton, color by Paul Beckton. Howard Mackey is the editor, and Tom DeFalco, previous guest here on the show, editor-in-chief. Basically, what happens in this issue is uh, Iron Man and Doctor Doom are fighting. They get transported into the future, the year 2093, by Merlin. Okay. Hmm. So, again, that acts of vengeance, you're a villain, go fight somebody you don't fight normally, give you an edge. Yeah. Fun will be had. At least. Yeah. Now that wraps it up for this week. Yes. Any final thoughts besides... Mike, you're an idiot. <laughs> well, I would never say that, um, but it's it's been this was honestly a a news filled week. We really had to, you know, for all the stuff that happened, all of it was so discussion worthy as well. You know, yeah, I, we barely scratched the surface of what we had planned to talk about tonight. Yeah, but yeah, it just what we talked about needed to be talked about. Yeah, it did so. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you subscribe to the podcast. You can get it on iTunes, get it on Stitcher. You can go to the website, MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Yeah, I think think talking about this. Your friends and family. I I think talking about this trailer was just marvelous. (laughs) You are no Billy Crystal, I'm telling you. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) This is true. But speaking of the website, check out our affiliates that are on the right-hand side of the page, of the homepage. And also, too, check out our new new shop where you can get some great hats, T-shirts, baseball jerseys, hockey jerseys, um, tank tops, all new merchandise just for you guys. So check that out. Oh, yeah. Uh, links there. Um, just look for the image that has the rotating merchandise on it. So it's almost a preview to what's on the site. There you go. So um, if that's going to wrap it up, then we've only got one thing left to ask. Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. So at this point in time, what's that one thing you guys want from Captain Marvel? I... You know what the thing is? I don't know if there's anything else I want because that trailer gave me everything. Now, y'all saw some people thinking that the trailer was a little underwhelming. Okay. Was it whammo blammo to borrow a phrase from Brad Bird of The Incredibles? No. But it was a teaser. I expect more whammo blammo in the next trailer that comes out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we got Nick Fury with two eyes. What more could you ask for? 
And we got Colson with hair. There you go. 